We will not copyright or trademark that. Um, the, we do not have the rights to this at all. Please do not sue us. Thank you. Welcome to These Unprecedented Gays, featuring Joe Grinelli and Paul Smith. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and review wherever you stream your podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at TUGaysPod and email us at TUGaysPod at Yahoo.com. We hope you enjoy. I didn't figure out how to start the episode. I know. I was like, the, I, I didn't hear the clicks. You hear the clicks? I, you know what? We never really hear the clicks all the time, so it's okay. I think you that's why I love it when Andy like throws to us, like we're on a live show, <laughs> like we're just back from commercial break, and go. I thought he's pointing because you did something wrong. <laughs> that too, probably. He's like, Paul, gotta go. So I'm Paul, and I'm Joe, and we're these unprecedented gays. That's us. I know. How was your week? Um, I feel like a lot has happened. Well, Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, you know, we had to give thanks. Well, for me, because we went out uh, out of town, up to the Bay Area. Um, and then I feel so bad because Nick was definitely overwhelmed meeting my a huge Italian family um, of like 40 people. <laughs> He's over there in the corner shaking his head. Um, so, but we flew up and then um, had Thanksgiving at my dad's cousin's house in... I think Burlingame or San Bruno. Um, and it was the first time that the families got together after COVID. So 2019, mm. three years. Um, it was good to see everybody and then um, got back and then back to work. Um, and then I um, I don't think I did anything on Black Friday because I refused to go out on Black Friday because it's insane. We flew back on Black Friday. But I have like a PSA about um, shopping if you'll – walk on the journey along with me. Okay, let's go. So we went to Bed Bath & Beyond because I was going to get some new pans. And you guys will be proud because I got stainless steel. And I don't know how to use them, but they're new. And so um, the only reason I got them is because they were on sale online. And so the PSA to everyone out there is like, if there's an online price, like do a price check and they'll match it. Oh, there you go. And I don't know if it's because Bed Bath & Beyond is going out of business and they, like, don't care. Are they? (laughs) I think they're going bankrupt. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. The manager was like, yeah, whatever. Here you do. Like, it's 25% off. Okay. Um, And then the other thing, my PSA, is I had my gum graft procedure in November sometime. I don't remember. And I got a bill and it said they wouldn't cover anything. And so the PSA is call your insurance. If but anybody, me, go did ahead. I not tell you that? Like I told you to check your insurance. Well, but they, make sure. So, so let me tell you what happened. And this again, what happened was exactly. So they submitted it like three times for whatever reason. The doctor submitted the first one, and it was like, "Here's the two procedures, whatever." Like this is what we're submitting to the insurance. Then the insurance approved them, but then it was like a pre-treatment. And then when I actually had it, they submitted it again for each of the surgeries. And then they submitted another one at the end. And I was like, why are you submitting so much? Okay, here's the thing. Even if you get pre-approval from the insurance and that that's what they said they're going to pay, they may, they may still not pay that. Because I tell people all the time, I'm like, we can send a pre-approval in. I don't care. But just know that that doesn't guarantee that that's what they're going to pay. And people are like, but you sent this in. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and see where it says not guarantee of of payment like right there like yeah, yeah i'm, I'm one of those people 
Yes, exactly. Results yeah. may vary. <laughs> well, long story long, if you have anything insurance related, like make sure you read your documents and call call your insurance people. You can call your insurance people too. They'll lie to you. They don't care. Paul, don't tell me this. <laughs> don't tell me these things. I, the, uh, Brooks, who I spoke to on the phone, was very pleasant. Okay. It was very helpful. I feel bad because I got like uh, a voicemail after and it was like a call to like ask a survey because I have a like don't ever right. like it goes like straight to voicemail. I would have given them like all A pluses, but I wasn't allowed to do that. Okay. So that was my week. How are you? Uh, good. You know, uh, Thanksgiving. I was actually able to do stuff for Thanksgiving because, you know, we went to Palm Springs a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and we ended up having to come home early. Because of what? Because I got COVID. Miss Rona hit you, finally. <laughs> okay, and I'm pissed. Why? Because Andy had it super easy, and then I got hit hard. Like, I wanted to rip my fucking nose off. Mm. Like, that's how bad it was. Wait, I know. Who got their latest booster, though? Oh, oh Andy did. I, <laughs> oh. I didn't get my latest booster. But I was like, but it was only for, like, two days, and then I was, after five days, I was able to go back to work um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, um, and actually like you know with the mask on and stuff mm-hmm. and then uh it's been like 12 14 days now without a temperature so i'm like yeah. i am free and clear to live my life again yeah. but um you know thanksgiving was good we did you know we made cranberry sauce and everything um and now we decorated the house and stuff so we're excited mm-hmm. about that so and yeah. your big ball huh your big ball my big front. ball my big ornament out front that i love <laughs> So we're very happy about that. We're ball centric. <laughs> we are. A lot of balls around here. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so that means it's time for our favorite segment, which is like our only segment. Really. I know. Every- <laughs> I say this all the time, but I'm like, it is my favorite. We ca- if you think about the break of like, I think there's like three segments. Like, okay, intro, yeah, there's like, how's our week? Mouth, uh, mouth to mouth. And then like, and then what we're going to talk chat about. Yeah. Of- Whatever. Whatever the subject yeah. is. Okay. Topic du jour. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't du know you jour. Were French. <laughs> yeah. So it's time for mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth resuscitation. Ah. So we do have a special guest in studio with us, Dr. Charles Beale. Is it is that how you say your last name? Say your last name? Beale. Okay, there you go. You can call me Charlie. Oh, okay. Do I have to call you doctor? Always. No. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> there is a doctor in the house. <laughs> yeah, do- doctor jazz education. You don't want to. It's going to be no use. Oh, to I would anybody. flaunt that all day, <laughs> every day. Well, he is the artistic director of the San Diego Gay Men's Chorus, and he's here to talk to us. But before we do that, we're going to do mouth to mouth. So, uh, Joe, what are you obsessed with? You're going to laugh at me. I'm always going to laugh at you because I feel like. I'm very strange in, like, what I like and whatever. So, the first one is the Spotify wrapped list, the, like, okay. 2022. They came out, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, it's, like, one of those things, like, tell me you're gay without telling tell me, me you're gay. gay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, my top songs were Rain On Me by Lady Gaga. Um, Surprise. Oops, where is it? Better Off Alone, that, like, Alice DJ. song. Uh-huh. This Will Be An Everlasting Love. Natalie, <laughs> Natalie, Natalie Cole. Mm-hmm. It's Raining Men. The Weather Girls or RuPaul and the Weather Girls? Oh, no. The, the original. Okay. <laughs> and then Run to You by Whitney Houston. Oh, God. You're so gay. <laughs> and it was like to add insult to injury, it was like you listened to Lady Gaga 133 times. And it's like you listened to 30,000 minutes of music. And it's like the same playlist on repeat. And yeah. it's like, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> um, 
And then my second thing that is giving me life is I bought a pH meter. And you, again, you're going to have to like hear me out on this journey. So <laughs> Nick is, are you checking your water or something? Yes. Like, oh, okay. So I'm like trying to have more alkaline water because when I was like, I don't know, in my early or late twenties, I was like not diagnosed, but like my ENT was like, you might have silent reflux. And I was like, eh, whatever. And so um, ever since I started like working remotely and I'm on calls all day, I get like horse all the time. And so like, not like the animal. Okay. Right there. Had to clarify. Um, and so I was like, I need to test the pH of everything so that I'm in like a basic like state. Oh my God, you're like a swimming pool. Yeah. Well, and I got it from Amazon and it's like a swimming pool pH meter. <laughs> But so, so then what I have to do is I have to get the standards from work because we have like a quality control lab and I have to kind of like take some, but not let them know. Oh, so okay. I can calibrate it. It's like, it's like staples. It's fine. <laughs> it is a staple. So those are my two. What's yours or multiple? So I only have one, but I'm really loving um, Pink's new song. Never going to not dance again. It's a great song. And um, is the- it new? It's new. Yeah, okay. it's her newest single. And um, it was funny because I was reading about the Club Q shooting. And then this song came on. And it actually got emotional about it. Because I was <laughs> like, you know what? I'm not going to let something like this scare me. And it's never... So it was like to hear, like, I'm never not going to dance again. Hmm. I'm going to live my life and not be scared and stuff like that. So it was like, that was actually really cool and touching for me. Because I was <laughs> like, I got when I saw her perform it and then I watched the video and stuff like that, I was like, okay, so now it's like on repeat for me right now. Is it like a upbeat song or yeah, like, it's a very okay. upbeat song, but it was like, it's for some reason it just struck with me. Like, and especially in that moment, like thinking about the club shooting and stuff like that and everything. So it's almost like music is transformative. Exactly. Oh, look at that segue. <laughs> so what about you, Charlie? What are you obsessed with right now? Well, um, I don't think I can follow the gayness of either of you. <laughs> it's it's, it. it's okay. It's, don't worry, not many people can. I'm already gay enough. So I, I, mean, I can go the nerdy route. I'm, I've, I've been listening to uh, Beatbox Battle uh, YouTube videos. There's a, a World Beatbox Battle Championship that you may or may not know about. But because I'm into the voice, that uh, I'm obsessed by it, and, and particularly by an, uh, currently an artist, they, they go in and out. But the latest one I like is called Soso, a Japanese artist. Who's, oh, uh, so it's all beatboxing. It's all beatboxing. Huh. Um, okay. And uh, electronics plus beatboxing. So it's this new thing where you, you know where you do the looping yeah. things that you have a little machine. That so they loops. start doing different things and they loop and it. And they, so they do certain, their... well, first of all, he makes sounds with his mouth that I've never heard anyone else ever make at all. And then he's really great at recording them in real time and making these amazing grooves. I mean, wow. which are totally up to the minute dance music grooves. Wow. Um, huh. And... Uh, so I, but I've always, I've been a bit obsessed with, um, with, with this beatboxing, partly because I can't do it. Um, I was just going to say, so <laughs> I, is it because you practice? Not something, no, because I, but <laughs> See, um, there's that. Um, here's something else. I'm a total, um, I'm obsessed by the Dunedin console, which is this early music group that does lots and lots of Bach, um, run by a guy called John Butt at the, <laughs> no, no laughing there in the, uh, from Edinburgh in Scotland. And, uh, he's an academic and he's got some really exciting ideas about how to play 
early music, early choral music, particularly. Hmm. So, but anyway, uh, I also like Banana Republic, if that helps. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, interesting. So, no, because what happened was that my husband came for Thanksgiving. He's still working in New York. I've been in San Diego now for six months. He uh, came to visit, and we went shopping. Uh, on Black Friday, because what do you do on Black Friday? It was a mistake because it was so crowded. But anyway, oh lord, um, we went to the San Isidro Super Mall place. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the yeah. Mall. amazing deal. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and wandered about and went to the Banana Republic Factory Shop, which is one of my uh, like temptations of choice. Um, and uh, came back having spent rather too much money on shirts. But. Good thing you didn't miss the exit, like, because, you know, like, you miss that exit and you oh, go right into Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Do, oh. No, no, no. I saw, actually, because I'm also driving in California is a thing for me right now. I'm still <laughs> exactly how to do that. I, I can manage to get to Trader Joe's and back again. But beyond that, it gets awkward. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, Los Americas, when you're going, it's like, yeah. last U.S. exit. And you're right. like, oh. Uh, okay. Yes. I think I need to get out to here. <laughs> not the leaving it's the coming back yeah exactly yeah. they're not so, going to let you u-turn in there you I know don't think so. also if you want to know how to beatbox really easily all you do is go boots and cats boots and cats oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what was that boots and cats boots and cats okay boots and cats Oh my god, I, you're on the YouTube. <laughs> We're gonna see Paul. Yeah. I'm gonna get a, a call from Pentatonics to join them. <laughs> they they do I will say though, like what they do with their voice, like what they do you with don't their think mouths? they could do that. Mm-hmm. Like the sounds, you're like, wait a minute, like it's some yeah. Oh there's don't some, there's, some skills. Skills. <laughs> there's some skills there. Yeah. Yes. They got mouth skills. Oh Lord. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, uh, Dr. Charles Beale is yeah. the, or Charlie, yeah. is the artistic director for the San Diego Gay Men's Chorus. Yeah, yeah. So, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background and how you got here to San Diego? Um, well, yeah. So, I, I'm obviously, you can hear that I'm originally a Brit. I was born in the UK. Um, and I had a classical music training originally. I did private schools and then Cambridge, which leaves you with no identity whatsoever at the end of it. Um, except you're British. Except, yeah, <laughs> except, yeah, to everyone else. But, yeah. um, and then, and then I was, uh, um, basically, long story short, I became a jazz educator. So I, I ended up teach, doing college level teaching in my twenties and thirties, mostly, uh, directing big bands. And I was still doing some choirs, but I was basically a jazz musician. And then they started to send me around the world doing that and teaching teachers how to teach jazz. And I wrote a couple of books and all that kind of stuff. So I was like one of the jazz educators, top jazz educators in the UK, um, teaching at uh, the Royal College of Music, which is a bit like Juilliard or somewhere like that. Hmm. Um, and then the London Game and Chorus were looking for a conductor and I got the call saying, was I interested in auditioning because they'd seen me do some conducting somewhere or something. And then I, they offered me the job and I was like, oh, okay, yes. What do I do I now? <laughs> and so I added the London Gamers Chorus to my like freelance roster and did that for five years. It was like a two days a week job, something like that. Um, my first gig was in the Sydney Opera House. They had <gasps> amazing uh, PR and marketing and contacts. And so, um, and they've been going much shorter they were started in the early 90s so they've been going like 15 years or something when i joined and um but a very exciting group um very young 
and they were looking for somebody who could just do cool things, if you know what I mean. But um, And then I didn't, I was basically there, more just the conductor, because when you're part-time, that's all there's really time to do. But the people who were managing the group were, you know, if you get good gays in a major city, they are very well connected and <laughs> uh, wealthy. And so we were doing European tours and we were doing, we sang in all kinds of cool places. <laughs> Um, and that led me to sort of 2006. And then there's a story, which um, I'll tell you the briefer version of, of how um, basically New York City Game Men's Chorus heard about me because I went to a conference in New York City and appeared uh, at, on the podium at, in New York very, very briefly to say thank you very much for something they'd done to us. Uh, in London, we, the, we we did a joint collaboration and it was fun. And I was there. So I thought, well, I'll just go and say hi. <laughs> so I stood on the podium and said hello. And the something felt kind of good. Uh, <laughs> and then I on the website at the bottom of the their website, the bottom of the page, it said, music director search, send in a resume. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm from London. I'm sure there's someone in New York who can do this because it's New York. But, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Long story short, six months later, there I am. Hmm. in my own apartment in New York, uh, uh, starting in September 2007 as the director of the New York City Games Chorus, which was, you know, just one of those lucky things where I bumped into somebody who said and then showed up on the podium and then looked at the bottom of the website and there it was and off I went and then it just kind of happened. Hmm. And I had no ambitions really to move to the States or anything. It was just like a really good gig. And then I was at the point where my life was like, okay, time to change to something new. And then this amazing opportunity suddenly appeared in front of me and I just jumped hard with both feet thinking, I have no idea what this is going to be like. Um, and it was a lot. Let's just say, because <laughs> the New York gays are the New York gays. Um, and, you preach. <laughs> right. And then spent 12 years in New York City um, wow. from 2007 to 2019 and then decided to sort of take a break. Um, I'd done enough. Um, and finished with a big show, which was the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots show oh, wow. called Quiet No More, which we commissioned and was done by 25 choruses across the US oh, wow. that summer um, with two big performances, one at, in, uh, at LA in the Disney Hall there and one in London at, uh, sorry, in New York at Carnegie Hall, which I conducted. Wow. So I kind of went out on a, on a high. Um, and then thought, you know what? I'm going to take a year out. And then February 2020, that year out <laughs> became eventually three years out. Yeah. Um, and I wrote a book instead because that was my big COVID activity. <laughs> and then started looking for jobs. But I was like uh, picky in a way and not quite ready to jump. And COVID affected all of our mental health and enthusiasm for different things. And mm -hmm. so it took time for me to find the right fit. And then... Um, I did an audition in San Diego and stood on the podium and it just felt right. And I hadn't conducted a choir for two and a half years and realized I was really energized about it. I don't, you know, really wanted to do it. And, and the energy was palpable from the singers back at me as I was directing and everyone afterwards, you know, you can tell there's a sort of animated chatter and everyone, and I was just like, Oh, that went well. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> and, um, Again, six months later, here I am. <laughs> but it's early days in San Diego for me. So, and it's a real life change. I mean, funnily enough, the difference between London and New York, I mean, it's really not that much. It's a big, really? diverse city with a subway system, yeah. tons of musical theater, 
um, and nobody has a car. Uh, so uh, moving to New York is basically exactly the same. New York to California is actually a much more of a culture shock oh, yeah. in a way, um, at least for me, because I had I probably hadn't really acknowledged the rest of America while I was living in New York anyway. Well, and you've also gone from like New York, where there's like four seasons, to San Diego, where there's like one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's like it's cold right now. Right? I'm <laughs> exactly. using air quotes. <laughs> I mean, I'm cold, but like I'm not know. complaining. So far, I'm saying I'm not complaining. I mean, I mean definitely I mean, because you don't need those giant jackets anymore, and you're not sloshing through snow all the time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. now you are also the founder and president of the Global Alliance of Queer Choirs. Yes. And you also work with gala yes. choruses, yes. correct? Yes. So like, talk to us about the um, the Global Alliance of Queer Choruses. What is that? So uh, the Global Alliance of Queer Choirs is an organization that I started about 18 months ago. Um, I have a strong commitment to international relationships. With, clearly, I'm a Londoner who's moved to the US. So I have some kind of lived experience of the differences between choirs in one place and another. And also, more importantly, their similarities. Like in the end, funnily enough, you, you'll hear I am what I am being sung on every continent <laughs> by a gay choir somewhere in the world. It will be being sung. There, it's actually being sung right now. <laughs> somewhere. I think I hear it. Yeah. And, um, uh, so, so, so basically, um, and I... Uh, I suppose backstory. So there's a, an umbrella organization called Gala Choruses, which represents nearly 200 choruses across the whole of the U S um, and North America and Canada and Mexico. And uh, uh, like anyone who's involved in choruses can be uh, involved in the leadership. And I ended up becoming a board member five, six years ago. And uh, uh, I ran the international committee of Gala Choruses. I suppose it was called the external relations committee. So once a month we used to have, we have a call and it still goes on now where uh, a representative from Australia, New Zealand um, and like Fiji and uh, places like that, a representative from a Southeast and South Asia representative from Europe, representative from North America, representative from South America. We don't have anyone for Africa at the moment. Um, we all get together on this zoom call for an hour and uh, initially we do regional updates and we're all involved in putting together festivals or hmm. big festivals. So for example, let's say 200, just under 200 choirs in the U S um, you know, there's another over a hundred in Europe. Uh, um, and I think 38 in Germany alone. Um, huh. And then uh, what's going on in Southeast Asia? Well, who knows? I can tell you that in Japan currently there are 14 LGBT choruses, six in Tokyo alone. Huh. Um and so on and so forth. And this, this, that people just don't know. It, you tend to know about your region a bit, but even then, who knows how many courses there are even in the US. But the cool part about what we do is we get together. First of all, we do things like let's not have festivals in the same year so that, uh, <laughs> so that we can each go to each other. Look, China, right? we're not doing yes, that yeah. this year. Right, right. You know. <laughs> um, and then secondly, um, uh, we share best practice. So for example, if you're putting together a festival in Southeast Asia, um, as there's a, I have a friend, Sien Chu, who is the leader of the Southeast Asian gay choruses, uh, regional organization called Proud Voices Asia. And, um, he, uh, also puts on a festival, but it's completely different from the festival in the US. They don't know about each other nearly as much in, in the choruses in, the, in, in there, and they all speak different languages. And so they have a whole day if they're, 
festival is four days long. They'll spend a whole day simply in meetings and social activities, hmm. um, talking to each other, beginning to you know discuss things like legal frameworks and like for example, did you know that today Singapore repealed Section three seven seven, which was an old colonial law that the British uh, instituted way back when, criminalizing homosexuality. The same law appears in India. And in Bangladesh and in lots of other countries, and in Singapore, it was repealed today. Wow! Wow! Which is kind of cool. So huh. homosexuality is no longer criminal offence in Singapore. Um, I, I know that because I'm on the right Twitter feeds and, <laughs> and stuff <laughs> to be able to kind of celebrate this stuff and yeah. be able to then share, for example, if the choir sings about it in the next week. So, huh. so that's what's cool. And so the Global Alliance of Queer Choirs is basically an alliance of regional organisations, right? So. Uh, and we all get together and then we can plan collaborations within our choirs, individual choirs. We can say, oh, that choir is doing the same sort of thing as that choir in somewhere else. Or we can uh, simply share good practice. Um, and so, um, and it's only been going 18 months. It's a very young organization. We've got hardly any money. We're really there just to collaborate and uh, communicate and get relationships going between all the different parts of the world and begin to share information about what's going on. Hmm. It turns out that the US may be going slightly backwards right now and everyone's feeling a little unsafe. But as I say, in Southeast Asia, also in Mexico, things are growing like topsy right now mm -hmm. in, in the LGBT world and particularly in, in, in queer singing. So it's a very exciting time to be collaborating with Mexico City and Tijuana, for example, as we're going to be doing in June. Um, so... So anyway, that's the Global Alliance, and I'm the president. <laughs> At least for two years, and then we have rules, so I'll stop being the president. Else How did you, like, what came to your mind to start that? Um, ooh, well, I, my dad was an internationalist and a, and a diplomat and worked for the foreign office in the UK for a long time. So I've always, at the dinner table, there was always a sort of international aspect to what was going hmm. on, because that's just what he would talk about around his work. Um, I, I also just think that there's more that divide, that, that, that brings together the LGBT communities than divides them. Um, and there's a whole piece about cultural sensitivity, right? So, for example, the concept of transgender is completely different in India mm -hmm. uh, uh, than it is in, in, in the US. And so if you, as a choir, arrive in India, you can just be very, very insensitive to uh, oh, yeah. uh, trans and non-binary people who would define themselves differently in, hmm. uh, in, in, in India. But at the same time, get a bunch of people in a room and, room and sing a gay song and suddenly everyone comes together. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I found is, as I say, that the repertoire tends to be quite similar wherever you are in the world. Everyone will tend to congregate towards the same things. And the messages are, you know, there's the, the, there's the anthemic themes, there's the we are a community themes, there's the we are sad about something that's just happened themes. Um, and, and all these choirs have the same kind of mission, which is mm -hmm. we sing because singing brings people together. Also, we're a safe space. Yeah. It was, uh, and, and also we want to raise our voices and just be like uh, uh, equality and, and to raise awareness. And um it's been it's been interesting with um, the Colorado Springs, the horrible Colorado Springs shooting, when Dan Savage was talking about about how bars and clubs are safe spaces and the original safe spaces for for gays and gays and lesbians, as they were called at that point. Um, and yes, but there were also gay choirs mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, from the eighties, and that that was a, a really important thing. Um, 
And, you know, it's interesting how recently I felt that feeling of safety come back to our groups. It was the same in New York. Someone got stabbed in the village in New York, uh, in 2017, 18, somewhere around there. It was the first one in like 21st hate crime in the village for a very, very long time. And suddenly there was this, we rehearsed in the village. <laughs> so suddenly on a Monday night in the winter coming in the dark to rehearsal, there was a very different feeling in the room. And we actually had to stop and talk about it as a group for like yeah. 10 or 15 minutes and just be like, how are we all feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, has it changed how we feel about, walking the streets and how do we feel about what the chorus means to us? And everybody said, actually, yeah, the chorus has suddenly become a safe space again. Mm-hmm. It's become this, when, when other places become unsafe, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's what I do for a living is create safe spaces that aren't bars and clubs and then get people singing whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, Joe, did you go, did you or Nick go to the gala, the last gala in Denver? Mm, no, I think that was before. It was, was probably that the season before your before you guys say. Was that twenty sixteen? Yeah, because yeah. the twenty twenty one was canceled. Because yeah, because right. I joined chorus <clears throat> in twenty seventeen. I will say, like me and Andy had both the same feeling. Like it was such a great experience to be at gala because it was like you were surrounded by all these other people who are like you who are into the same thing you are and there to perform and just want to put on the best show they possibly can. But you want to go see... And New York opened it. And New York opened it. Yeah. And like... <laughs> With Orlando. Right. And it's like, you know, and that we like packed into there, like up top, standing room only, because we were like, we have to see Orlando perform and we have to, yeah. you know, and that was another great feeling. It's like they did a flash mob at the at the mall that was there that we participated in. Mm. And then they did like the, right outside the, um, the theater area, they had like a bunch of different courses playing. And then there, I think there was like an Asian chorus that came yeah, in. Chinese, Chinese course. The right? Chinese course that was there. Chinese, yeah. It's the first time they've had performed internationally. Yeah. And so it was like, that was such a cool feeling to have that many people in one space mm. doing that. But it was also kind of hard because you wanted to see all these great, choruses and it was like okay where are we gonna go but it's not like not only was it like the big choruses but you could go see like new mexico gay men's chorus or one of the lesbian choruses. but i will say a lot of the lesbian choruses it was kind of like here's a bunch of rain sticks and a drum circle <laughs> what? What, what do you mean like a lot of them were like you would go see their show and it was like oh look there's that woman with the rain stick <laughs> like, what's okay, a rain bongo drum? <laughs> are, are we talking about the things that they used to have in brookstone yes like the stick that, and then you would turn over and it would be like yes oh, and it was kind of a standard costume they all had sashes right <laughs> but that's okay I but a, a lot stick. of them were but a lot of them were really great like even you know because you tend to think just like the gay men's courses are what you're there to see but like the lesbian choruses were just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and now yeah. we've got youth choruses as well. And, yeah. and we've also got trans choruses, several trans choruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scene is changing, I think, uh, uh, slowly. Um, but yeah. So it's, I mean, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting time in terms of all of that change that's happening in the movement right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're just about to start doing a schools project. Um, and uh, that seems like a real no brainer right now uh, for many choruses to be starting to look out um, and schools and universities and churches are the three areas where 25 years ago, every, no one would have been accepted. Now, the whole point of going to Gaiman's Chorus was because you couldn't be accepted in your church. Now, 
how many, I mean, San Diego Gaiman's Chorus rehearses in a church yep. every week for a mm-hmm. start, and it's the most welcoming rainbow church in the known universe. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can see it from space. Right. You can see it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> But but what's good about that is that is that you can make relationships and do joint projects and all fundraise and use church spaces where you can sound good. Similarly, schools where it's controversial and there are some school board issues right now. Uh, far right people having inf- infiltrated school boards, but but there are also a lot of schools and colleges where they feel the need not just to reach out, but they want active help with inclusion. They want to get their queer singers really coming out and forward in their own groups. Um, and for example, the issue of what happens if you have a trans voice in your high school choir, uh, you know, what I think the current percentage is 2.5% of, tra- of, of kids are identifying as trans or non-binary currently. And they are, who knew, going to the choir. That's where they feel safe. Uh, and uh, high school teachers are going, I don't know what to do with a kid who's 13 on hormones hmm. or what to do if they, you know, and um, those kinds of situations and, uh, and, and context. So then they want help from us because we understand these things and we have the lived experience and we have people in our groups who can do it. And so uh, going out into schools and, for example, if we sing for an hour to 300 kids in eighth grade – um, that's hugely beneficial to them. And what always happens is, you know, the two and a half, whatever it is, the, the, the five to 10% in there who are like, oh, I see you. <laughs> I'm going to be one of you in 10, 10, 15 years time. And that then it feels like there's a path and they come up and they ask questions and you've started a conversation through singing, which is a really easy peasy way in, you know, and schools can't complain <laughs> if you come in and sing. So in the, the vein of inclusivity and diversity. Yeah. Do you think that at this point, it we no longer need the name gay men's chorus or women's chorus, it just like queer chorus or something. So it feels a little bit more inclusive to everyone. Mm, it's a very, I mean that every chorus in the country is going through those questions at the moment. And I think there's no single answer mm-hmm. to that question. I think it depends on your tradition. Um, for example, in New York, I, uh, they've become what they call radically inclusive. So they definitely have women and – does that what happen every time I say radically inclusive? <laughs> 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 Cooper, is very, uh, Cooper is also radically inclusive. <laughs> so they're a gay men's chorus that accepts women and trans and non-binary people. But they are going to continue to call themselves a gay men's chorus because of branding and yeah. because um, – uh, you know, if I go up to someone as I did and say, I'm the artistic director of the New York City Gaming Chorus, they go, oh, like we have a, they, everyone seems to know who they are mm. and what they stand for. Mm. And so that's good. But many of the choruses, for example, in Australia, uh, have already changed their names. The Big Apple Core in, um, in New York has just changed its name from the lesbian and gay Big Apple Core, which has been there since the 80s and now calls itself the queer Big Apple Core. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so, it's a it's a decision, um, and it depends on your who, you know where you are in your development. Um, in every chorus, there's going to be those people who are like, "We struggled for this, <laughs> and this is what we stand for, and we are a gay men's chorus." And like you know, a, 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 a guy in New York said to me once, "We swam through stormy seas, and we found an island, and we planted a rainbow flag in it, and we called it gay and lesbian, and that was our victory." Mm. 
Um, and then we didn't really expect the next generation to say, but there's that island and that island and that island and that island. And you've, you've forgotten all about us and we feel marginalized. Um, and so how you resolve that issue is, is, is tricky because the, these courses, some of them are going for 40, 50 years. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting question to do with legacy really. And, and how long you've been going and what you want to achieve. Look, we're asking the hard hitting questions here. <laughs> we're all about that journalistic integrity. So, <laughs> but no, I, I, I appreciate that. Cause I feel like that's something I've always wondered. Cause I mean, the times are changing, you know, yeah. and it's like, do okay, you, Bob Dylan. <laughs> sure. But it's like, do you get on board? Or do you kind of like keep in like tradition, like you said, to like have the name or do you then welcome the next kind of group of new people into it? So it's, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that it's a generational thing and it will go in cycles and some of the gay men's choruses are already changing their names. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I mean, you know, if you're in it, like we've got it, there's in New York, there's, the Empire City Men's Chorus. There's already a mixed chorus still called the Stonewall Chorale. Um, there's a youth chorus. There's a women's chorus. I mean, there's just a, you can, whatever particular way you want to slice the pie, there'll mm. be a chorus for you. Ooh, there's um, pie? And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's choral pie. And choral pie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but I agree. Uh, gay men's choruses look a little anach anachronistic if they're not careful. They can. That's a big uh, word. I know, right? Uh, it's like yeah. you're a doctor. Hey, come on, vocabulary. <laughs> old school. Old school. <laughs> like a little old school. So I want you to dish for us. Like, okay. what <laughs> What did you find? With, what was like a, a great thing about working in London? Right. And what was something that you just did not enjoy about that? About working in London? With, and, you know, with the gay men's chorus, you know, maybe. New York. Or New York. Or New York. You know, like these well, big cities. There is, I'll, I mean, I, I, I would say that both London and New York, the gays have opinions. Uh, and they're Shocking. forthright about them. And but also because both of those cities are, like you said, musical theater. And these are people who like, right. a lot of them are within that community right. of like wanting to be on stage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. so there's a professionalism. I mean, I will just say in terms of things I loved, I discovered, I mean, this is the, the thing I love most to do is conducting men's choirs. I just love it. And so every time I do that, it feels like a warm bath and, and, <laughs> And coming back to it in San Diego is already been huge fun for me. Um, I, I would say that um, the thing that I don't miss about either London or New York, as I say, is the continual um, uh, kind of carping. And uh, as, a, as an artistic director of one of these groups, it's your it's a membership organization and you do your best to empower everyone and give everyone a voice and then at some point they all have to show up and sing uh, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we don't, it's a choir, right? So all said and done. And if they're not unified, it doesn't sound good if everyone's arguing. And right. so you're continually trying to stop cliqueiness and are the old people talking to the younger people? Are the this people talking to the that people? Did we, were we unfair last week about something? Um, and both of these cities had very, very uh, empowered memberships and the choruses were really like tense sometimes, conflicted in like yeah. bad ways. And if you're managing that for a long time, it can be quite um, 
Uh, take it out of you. The, <laughs> the person who has to stand up in front of everybody. Ooh, that does not sound fun. <laughs> yeah. but like you, um, you, you start off looking like Barack Obama. Yes, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Start of the presidency, and then and like then after, the end, it's like oh, no. the all the gray hair. That said, I'm completely addicted. I'm, I'm now starting my third one, so there must be something about it that I like. Um, and how do you? Okay, because you know. I watch La La Land, so I feel like I'm a um, an expert on this now. <laughs> but how do you teach jazz? <laughs> oh, how do you teach jazz? Because um, jazz well, is a like, feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could say that about any aspect of music if you look at it that way. I mean, jazz is like anything else. Improvising is the thing that's different about jazz, right? And so you have to find ways of teaching jazz, which is basically giving people spaces to play stuff in that they want to play, but making sure that the spaces are different shapes. So sometimes they're very short, for example, sometimes they're very long. Sometimes there's only one chord. Sometimes there's lots of chords. Sometimes it's on a familiar tune. Sometimes it's on a tune that nobody knows. And so the skills are, are, and it's all by ear. That's the other thing. So it's a lot of listening as opposed to working from notation. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting me on all my pet projects. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever think that you would have landed up where you are today, kind of when you started, started off or San Diego? uh, No, like your, like your professional journey. I mean, like conducting or not conducting, but like teaching people how to teach. Mm. Like, did you ever think that you'd land kind of as artistic directing? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't, I mean, I arrived in New York as a choral director with a PhD in jazz. <laughs> uh, so I had a bit of catching up to do there to be like, you know, just anatomy and physiology and making a good sound. And also, you know, what the New York gays, how the New York gays had been taught to sing. Um, and there's a very particular musical theater tradition there. Very Broadway over there. Very Broadway over there. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so that... Um, and then once I jumped in, I, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Hmm. Um, I had a little question when I left New York, as I say, I was a little weary and I'd been doing it for a long time and needed a change and a break. And I did think about doing something else and then, nah, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean? I just need a new soap opera. Hmm. That's, you know new set of characters you've just seen. progressively been moving more west more west right? yes <laughs> west london I'll end up in australia he's gonna be, yeah, yeah he's gonna be the, like guam I, <laughs> full transparency i have no idea what's west of us hawaii i'm like it's like guam gaiman's chorus yeah, that has a good ring to it <laughs> the ggmc sure it's probably already been taken by somebody yeah all right so you said that you've performed at the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. And when you were with the, um, I want to know about like some of your highlights from, because you performed with Sia with the New York Gaiman's Chorus, uh, Alan Cummings. That was the thing. I mean, one of the things about New York was just that we, we got a reputation for being easy to work with and quick. And so, um, yeah. Well, you guys are fast and easy, basically. So, you know, 10 grand to work with CF for evening, we'll be there. <laughs> oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was a pretty unique opportunity. Uh, I, I don't know whether, I mean, you can go and look up the video on YouTube, but they, ha- they had us all in like uh, 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 cassocks and surplices, and we were singing in the church of the, the big cathedral, St. John's the Divine, but we all had seer wigs on. Oh my God. And so there were, <laughs> there were like, I think, 16 members of the chorus who were handpicked. 
and we sang Chandelier. Okay. And she sang with her back to the audience from the pulpit in this big cathedral. So you couldn't see her face because you could never see her face right. at that point. And we sang with seal wigs. Oh, oh my yeah, God, that is crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay, I was going to say, if you sung with the wigs, how could they see you? <laughs> no, because no, no, they, it was she, all... she like okay, covers so her eyes, right? It was all lip syncing. <gasps> it was backing tracks. <gasps> no. Because but did you guys record them? Uh, we, no. Is that why Honestly, she was turning around? Because she sorry. couldn't lip sync her own song? What the Millie Finelli. But it was, I mean, honestly, the sound in that space was so uh, impossible. Oh. There's about a 10 second echo. It's an, it's an oh, insane space. Okay. Um, so it was really, it was, it was for pride and it was going to be on national TV and it was all about how it looked. Yeah. And it was a huge opportunity for us. But as happens a lot in those things, either you do go into a studio and they spend five grand on getting you r- recorded and sounding really great or you show up and you lip sync to the backing vocals. And my job was to teach the chorus, the backing vocals from the single. Uh, I feel like so I just found out what was made in the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But, I uh, mean, it was a fun, it was a fun, uh, it was so definitely cool. a fun moment. And you know, I can't remember the name of the dancer who does all of that dancing. All oh, um, oh, um, from Mom. Millie Molly. It's something with an M. It's from, um, Dance Moms. She the was, girl. Uh, yeah. The, the one that's in all of her videos. Right. right yes. Right, right. Um, so Maddie. that. And then, um, yeah, well, we did, we sang with Alan Cummings once, and that was real singing, if you like. That was us in a big semicircle around his band, and he was doing a night, a uh, sort of cabaret night, but on, okay. you know, on a big stage. So that was great. Um, and then the Normal Heart was the other one that was a really fun one for me if you want a memorable one the reason that was memorable was because i got to write an arrangement that appeared in a movie <gasps> so that was what really movie really exciting the normal the normal heart oh <laughs> <laughs> i may have not seen that movie <laughs> so um okay so then well so there are several apocryphal game and chorus stories the one i'll start with is the Will and Grace story where the, the New York City Game Men's Chorus mm-hmm. were supposed to be appearing, but they were all, uh, in fact, men from the Game Men's Chorus of L.A. because, of course, it was filmed in Hollywood. Oh. And the politics around that was, was this not the new good one? Because oh. they were all identified as New York City Game Men's Chorus by Jack in the, in the actual thing. And they were all LA um, ringers. Oh, my oh, is this wait? Is this the episode with Matt Damon yeah. that, yes. where he plays yes. he plays gay? So, oh. so then we auditioned to be ourselves again in the normal heart. <laughs> and, the and we got the part this time. <laughs> yeah. So, that was exciting. so this time it must have been 2014. Ryan Murphy's assistant's assistant's intern. <laughs> underling arrived at a rehearsal and said would you like to be in this movie we need you to look like yourselves and I knew better so I said only if we can sound like ourselves mm-hmm. as well and they accepted this <laughs> and then they said that what happened was the scene in the movie is the first one of the first fundraisers of GMHC the beginning of the AIDS ep- epidemic where we're standing in a club singing and one of the characters goes up and says and it makes an impassioned plea about men are dying and da, 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 da. and we sing the man i love the gershwin song someday he'll come along the man i love and um, we don't have the race that so that's about as much no, as you can oh, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Gershman's really important. No, if it's, wait, if it's, I think it's over a hundred years old, I think it's fine. Well, you can edit that bit out if it's a um, But anyway, that song. And, um, yeah, and so I said, I have an arrangement of that, which we know how to sing. Lying through my teeth. <laughs> and they said, oh, that's really good. We'll use that then. And so will you, can you send it to us? So I was up till what, two in the morning writing this thing. Oh, my God. And then at eight in the morning, I, I sent it in. And they said, oh, that's fine. We'll use that if you already know it. I was like, of course we already know oh my it. God. <laughs> okay, right. We better learn it. And, um, and then they, we went into a recording studio and recorded it. And then we again were in the movie, there was a day of filming where we were in some warehouse in Brooklyn hmm. that was supposed to look like a club in the 80s in Manhattan and lip-synced to ourselves singing the song. Hmm. And then I got a little bit of royalties, which is kind of nice. Okay. There you go. Awesome. And, that, and you have like a credit. Have a credit. And, so do you have a SAG credit? Does that, that Are you a SAG member? I now? had to sign a form. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. I love but, it. Uh, yeah. It's not actually SAG if you're a... I mean, yeah, it was a day thing to be in the movie. But okay. in terms of the arranging, that's a, that's not really sad. That's oh, a whole different. Okay, that would have been a Grammy, right? Whole track on on your way to EGOT. Well, we'll get there soon. Yes, right. <laughs> <Get there soon. laughs> You're on your way. <laughs> but but what's fun about New York is that those kinds of opportunities. I mean, we sang with Neil Patrick Harris, the Tony. Da-da-da. Was that the <gasps> Not Just for Gays anymore? Yeah, that one. No oh way. My God. Yes. And all, I just got to sing with Demi Lovato. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did a tour. We got to sing with her as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we kicked off the but, tour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you just keep your like Alan coming, <laughs> singing on Broadway and on Good Morning yeah, America. Charlie's just got all these celebrities in his back pocket. Like, oh, did you need to see this? Yeah, person? If you ask me these questions, I'll tell you these stories. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean. And you guys were on Good Morning America, which is, you know, another, because you're in New York, yeah, that's a, a great opportunity. Again, that was a, that was actually, that was probably the most emotional one. I mean, in a different way, the, uh, the day after the Pulse right. uh, happened and we got the call um, uh, and we were there in Times Square. We had just like one of those things where you, please can you turn up at four in the morning in Times Square for your sound check? And we're like, really? Um and so there we were, and it was cold. It was June, but it was cold. And so we just had to stand there, like, freezing in our T-shirts and jeans for two hours. Oh and God. then they went, go! And, uh, <laughs> and off we went and sang in the open air, which is really hard. Um, and something clicked. It was a very emotional moment. Um, and then what we had... Um, it's a really... It's why video... I say now that video is a really important thing for all choirs to be doing. Because we got you know, over a million hits in a week um, wow. from, you know, all over the world. Again, internationalism. Um, and I was getting emails from people from all over the world saying, thank you for, you articulated what we were feeling in the moment. Um, uh, and so I guess it's the, one of the things that they say is there's a moment in the game, in, in the LGBT choir world where someone hands you a megaphone and you have to be really ready at that point with a good song mm-hmm. and then boom. Um, and that's what happened to us then mm. that, that day it was total luck. And I think the fact that they knew about us, you know, we'd, we'd established a bit of reputation for being good at what we did and off we went. So. And now what is your plan for San Diego Gaiman's chorus? Because, you know, you come from like the New York Gaiman's chorus where yeah. they're very 
much about um, being out there and being loud and being proud and yeah. activist and stuff like that. And London is the same way. They're they're very much about being out in the community and doing as much as they can to be present and representative of who they are. So what is your plan with San Diego? Well, I mean, it's a developing. I've only been here six months. I mean, the first thing I think is to get, you know, we have to sound amazing really fast. I think, I think the thing about a choir is it has to be good. No one wants to hear a bad choir. There are enough bad choirs in the world already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Particularly gay, you know, if you can't karaoke, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. So I feel like, um, let's, I think that's important. We, we have some work to do there just to get our ducks in a row. And, but that's happening really fast and we're sounding great already. Um, I think then it's about what can San Diego Games Chorus uniquely offer the movement that LA couldn't offer or San Francisco on the West Coast or Seattle. And for me, I think Mexico is going to be key to that. Um, and so we've been, it was the first ever performance of Coro Gay TJ, the Tijuana Games Chorus, uh, in July this year, and there's 12 of them, and they're amazing, and they're so brave. And we went and sang with them, and we're on PBS singing with them about six weeks ago, and we're going to do a show with them next summer. Um, and so I think Tijuana, and uh, it's the 10th anniversary of the Gay Men's Chorus of Mexico City, Coro Gay Ciudad de Mexico, uh, in June. And so we're going to do, in the summer, a three-chorus show San Diego, Tijuana, Mexico City. And we're going to do the show in Mexico City, and then we're going to do it in Tijuana. And finally, we're going to do it at the Balboa with all three choruses present in each place. Ooh, that is logistically... And, uh, 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 yes. I, I'm mind... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds like a next year problem. Next year problem, yeah. <laughs> um, but but the, I think, as I say, my, my first of all, amazing people uh, and exactly the same in many ways as all the singers I've met anywhere else in the world. Um, but at the same time, proud of their Mexican heritage and doing things their way and developing their own style. And uh, there's something that um, is going on in Mexico at the moment that, that friends of mine there describe as being a bit like the U S in the seventies. There's a moment where things are legalized, but hearts and minds haven't caught up with the fact that, that uh, uh, that it's okay to be gay. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the moment. Like if you're going to get shot for being in a choir, don't be in a choir. But once it's legalized and once there's a, a debate to be had about what the appropriate thing is, then, then choruses are a really good way. Hmm. Um, and people flock to them. And Mexico City particularly is, is bigger than New York or London. It's a massive city. And it's the place where all the gays in Mexico uh, <laughs> congregate to. And so, and it's a very happening place. It's, it's, I mean, it's incredibly hip in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. It's also relatively cheap compared to um, other places. Um, and so this big chorus has grown up really fast and they becoming the leader, not just for Mexico, but also for Central America and South America. So I happen to know all about that, that scene a little bit. Um, and so if we can connect with them and, for example, San Francisco did a big tour and started new choruses everywhere they went in the U.S. in, the, in, in 1980. Um, and so I'm thinking that this collaboration that we're putting together could tour around Mexico maybe in future years. Mm -hmm. And we can start, it's an em eminently fundable 
uh, <laughs> but for L- from LGBT organisations and arts organisations to do a concert tour where we went and started new choruses in every city we went to, you know, wow. found a conductor in a, because then you're leaving, you know, I think we often congratulate ourselves. Oh, we sing so well. They cried. It was amazing. And then you will go home. <laughs> and, and life in the city where you sang is exactly the same. But mm-hmm. if you can leave another choir there hmm. and then they have their own life and they'd start to develop their own thing, then that's, that's when it's, for me, it starts to get really interesting and fun. You know? hmm. So now tell us about what you have coming up with the Gay Men's Chorus. Okay. Well, this is uh, the busiest time of year, really. The, the, I mean, Pride and the holidays are the two times when people want to hear choir sing. Um, <laughs> so we have big shows coming up. We're going to be doing December Nights, which is a big San Diego tradition. And then we're going to do a gig at Tsequan Casino. Um, and then we have two nights at the Balboa on the 10th and 11th of December, Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday coming up. Um, which um, uh, tickets are selling fast, I'm told, uh, particularly for Sunday. I think you could still, as we record, get We're going on Sunday. Saturday. All right. So we'll see you there. But- that reminds me, I have to get my boss to get tickets for Saturday night. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I will say we're sounding great at the moment. Uh, it's, there's a new energy. Everyone's excited. Um, I, I'm sort of grabbing the reins quite hard at the moment and, and trying to do some this is things. jingle the and this the, is yeah it's jingle 2022 so it's a fairly traditional holiday show it may have a twist or two here or there to keep you oh, on your toes. i can me. also say that we sound good we yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> there are some times where i'm like damn <laughs> it's when like you, okay when you come into a course that's already got a legacy and you're coming in you want to make changes how do you steer the ship Carefully. <laughs> uh, that was a political answer. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, there's one thing, right? As an artistic director, you're empowered to find a vision. And if you don't find a vision or if it's compromised and put together by a committee who tell you what to do, it's never going to be as energized and passionate and powerful. So you have to really go for what you want. That's the first thing I'd say. But I also think that um, you have to be very respectful. I mean, one of the things I said when I arrived, I gave a little speech. I was told to give a little speech, so I gave a little speech. Um, and I said, you know, I don't want to create another New York City Gamers Chorus in San Diego. There's no point in doing that. So it's about finding out what the best San Diego Gamers Chorus can be mm-hmm. and then using my skills and expertise to make it that, right? Um, and... Like there are some things that are great about this group that I am finding more and more about as I go. And it's incredibly musical and it's sound, they sound amazing. They sounded amazing when I arrived. Um, there's, there was a sweetness to the sound and yeah. So I'm, you know, it's, it's a fun instrument to play if you want to look at it that way for me. And then you always have to bring along some of the people who liked it the way it was before you're going to lose some people mm-hmm. inevitably, and hopefully you gain some people who hear that something cool's happening. I mean, that's what's been happening so far. Attendance has been really great, and people are coming back and saying, "Oh, I've heard a friend told me there's something great's going on at the moment. Can I can I come listen or you know join?" So that's all good stuff. You know, that's what you want to happen, and then it takes on its own life, right? If you, leadership's actually about about a beehive. It's a beehive. It's not a command and control operation. It's a bunch of people who were all buzzing away doing their stuff. 
and then you have to just mold it and channel it. As long as there's one queen. And that'd be Charlie. And then in the end, they all stab the queen. That's the that analogy. Well, I would say as a participant, that Charlie can see the potential. And so he, there's a demand there that you leave Chorus a little exhausted, but like accomplished. And I think that he came in and was, he could see that like there was great leader, like great leadership before and that put the course where it was. And then he was like, how can I now elevate it to something else? And it was just really just pushing to that next level. And I think we're, Joe and I are feeling it at least like you can, we go back and we're like, Woo, that was a good rehearsal. That was hard. <laughs> well, I'm also not a night owl. So I'm like, okay, stay awake. I can do this. <laughs> Your uh, conductor does not want to hear that. <laughs> but no, I, that, if anything, I power through. <laughs> my, first rehearsal, my first rehearsal in New York, a singer who I, is now my good friend, but will remain nameless. Um, <laughs> but you know who you are. <laughs> came, up, came up at the end of rehearsal and complained and said, listen, the, I have not been able to do any knitting this evening. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were sitting at the back. And they assumed that there would be these quiet, boring moments where, I don't know, something else was going on, where they would just be able to knit a scarf while the rehearsal was going on. Oh, and my I was God. Like, well, I'm, you know, congratulations. Welcome to the new New York City Games. <laughs> I don't think if I, you know, I'm doing something right if you can't knit. Oh, he was uh, knitting during rehearsal. During <laughs> rehearsal from the yeah, back uh, row. Knitter, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say I, I'm kind of like, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, I think the thing is, Push like, you people. hold people accountable and you're, you want people to give it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's well, like, it's so much more fun up. if yeah. you do. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to, it's not slave driving, but it's mm-hmm. actually just huge fun singing. If Absolutely. you don't, the joy of just get really, yelling in a space is you know mm-hmm. singing with a hundred other people all but, singing too is really amazing and life-changing and kind of transforming and yep. makes you into a feel good and it also makes you into a better person in a funny way well and your participation and where you guys end up is all predicated by the participation of your members so well, you you want them to feel like i do want to be here i do want to put 110 percent into this like yeah. I'm not coming just to knit a scarf. I, you know, it's like, I do want to participate and feel that sense of community. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Well, yeah. I also say as somebody who has the, the background you have, you could come in with an ego and say, this is how this will be. This is what we're doing. But what, from what uh, my perspective, my observation is, Hey, I want to do, I'm going to meet with small batches of people. I want to learn. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what makes this, this group, you know, kind of, Unique. Unique. And I think that that is why we have been successful over the last couple seasons with you so far. It's because, yes, you could have this New York City ego if you wanted to, but you don't. But I also think it's, I think it's good that you came from like London and New York into this because, you know, choruses are also very within themselves political. Right. So there's always like little factions that you have to try to work around or work with or get rid of. So, (laughs) you know, I think getting rid of them is the interesting part. That's not really an option when the game is closed. Once you're in, you're kind of in. Uh, (laughs) And we love you all. However crazy. There's only one way out. (laughs) And even then I'll put you in the program. (laughs) In the the memoriam page. Yes. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, well, I w- before we wrap up, I want to know what so far, so six months in San Diego, what has been like your favorite part of San Diego and what has been a not so fun part yeah. of San Diego? The hardest. Yeah. The hardest part for me is that my husband is still in New York. So, yeah. And that's going to be true for another six months, probably in okay. working out his, uh, um, you know, his time, he's got a job that he loves to do and it's very well paid and, you know, we want each other to be happy. So that's fine. But, but it's, you know, it's relatively hard coming to a new city and, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. On the other hand, it's so pleasant and convenient and practical here compared to New York that it's hard to complain about San Diego in any meaningful way. Um, and I'm enjoying the work and I'm enjoying my life here hugely. Um, it's lovely. And um, our tacos are amazing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have some tacos in New York, I'll just say. You guys win on pizza, though. You guys have the water that yes, makes amazing pizza, pizza and bagels. So. <laughs> yeah, bagels here, yeah. That's, I tried that. <laughs> Let's just say. My friend Katie's from uh, Long, I- Long Island. Long Island. And she's like, your bagels suck. <laughs> your pizza sucks. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get into our quick fire questions and everything, uh, what, how can people find you? What are your socials? Like, so I have a website. I'm at charliebeal.com. That's a good place to start. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I don't know how much longer I'll be on Twitter. Actually, but, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, but, but I am still, you know, I'm still technically there. Um, and uh, yeah. And San Diego Gaming Chorus has its own website and also its own social. So you should check those out as well. Um, uh, and particularly our Instagram at the moment, it's got lots of cool things on it. And then before we get into the quick fires, I did want to ask you, okay, since it's a holiday season, what are s- some great places that people should check out in like London and New York for the Christmas oh, time that's that you think question. that you can remember? Because like Andy and I did New York for Christmas last year. Right. And so I made sure that we did like, um, Rolf's, which is like the German restaurant that like looks like Christmas threw up in it. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was fun, you know, right. but it's like, you know, is there some place in both of those cities some that little, it's like, well, I, I, the path? thing I love about New York city at Christmas time is that it empties out. So huh. you can actually walk around mm. and not bump into people. And there are particular sorts of tourists who will stand look up and film right in front of you at the top of the subway stairs. You're like, get out of the way. Um, oh, no. Do you, they, do you punch people, too, on your way out of the subway? Uh, no, because I'm... I, no, I just hiss. <laughs> find my way through, probably. Um, I mean, obviously, in New York, Rockettes is an obvious thing to check out. They were amazing. The tree... Obviously, at the Rockefeller Center. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I live in Brooklyn. Uh, uh, I mean, we still have an apartment in Brooklyn, and BK. So I would say there's some there's some lovely little restaurants and haunts that my husband and I would go to. Little tiny artisan restaurants and fun things like that in Cobble Hill and Boreham Hill and around downtown Brooklyn. Um, but it's uh, I don't want to. <laughs> it's a little too specific to mention names, probably. Yeah, a lot um, of hills, but. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 New York at the holidays is actually lovely. Um, cause it all, it gets all lit up and all the sort of romance of 
you know, Home Alone, the, the city in the movie mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. the Christmas movies mm-hmm. you've ever seen is actually real. And there mm-hmm. it is. You can walk around in it. Mm-hmm. And there aren't so many people and there isn't so much traffic. And it's kind of amazing. Particularly if you can get six inches of snow, which sometimes you can. Sometimes I mean, six inches is a pleasure anyway. Oh! <laughs> I, I walked right into that. Uh, So you can, yeah. So that's always a pleasure. I mean, I, I like just walking the streets of New York um, uh, sometimes. It's a bit smelly, but. <laughs> no yellow snow. Yeah. What do they say about New York? That it it you you have to hate it, and then you have to love to hate it, and then you are a New Yorker. That's mm. what they say. Okay. It's not an easy city to be in. Mm. It's expensive and dirty and inconvenient and just all sorts of bad things. And yet people arrive and go, "This is where I want to make my home." <laughs> I like. like I mean, the public transit. I would kill for public transit like that in California. I mean, right. just. I think we went what in June and like what it was two, $2 or something to ride the subway like all day. I'm like, Oh my God. And I have a, I have a semi funny story about, about the, I on the L train, someone the other day, uh, they closed the L train because there was a funny smell in a carriage. Oh no. <laughs> Did they you can imagine it? every New Yorker in, in the, in, it was just like, it always smells like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, did it smell even worse? Like, did it uh, smell nice? Is that why you guys were worried? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I know that that was, that was Fran Leibovitz. I saw there's a really good Netflix uh, called Let's Pretend It's a City, mm-hmm. which is a, basically a love letter to New York. It's also a love letter to Fran Leibovitz, who's mm-hmm. amazing, but, um, and also one of the gays, but, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. And there's a story that she told that I've stolen, but it's actually, it's so true. They do really stupid paradoxical things like that. <laughs> um, we have the trolley in San Diego, I suppose. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I, I've lived here for almost what, seven, six years. And I've still not ridden. The trolley. I haven't ridden the trolley yet either. And I I've lived here like 11 years. I want to do it though. Like, cause it goes up to UTC. So they did the extension and like you could take it, I think at the mall. And that's only recently. Yeah. That's a newer one. So let's ride that one. I don't want to ride the other one. Well, I mean, I bike along that trail and I was like, hello, I've never been (laughs) on you before. (sighs) All right. So let's start with these rapid rapid fire. What you got, Joe? Okay. I have two. So, um, first one is if you had to listen to any one genre of music for the rest of your life, what would it be? And you can't say jazz. <laughs> I can say jazz. I guess I'm, I'm beatboxing. By my nature, yes, beatboxing. No, I, funnily <laughs> enough, if for the for the rest of my life, it would probably be something classical. Mm-hmm. But I that's only because that that I have a sort of secret place inside that loves that stuff that would make me happiest. Hmm. But I could easily listen to jazz. I could also listen to. Um, Early '90s house music. I mean, the music I went to gay clubs to in the back in the day. Same girl. Do you know what I mean? I listen to all that still. <laughs> like, I have like my own little like you know playlist with all like you know late '90s and early 2000s. So I'm talking like Labouche and like uh, Rolo and <laughs> uh, you know um, Tintin Out right. and all those like DJs and producers and groups and stuff. So. I mean, I love that stuff I, again because it's the music I dated to, and it reminds me of a certain mm-hmm. era and all of that stuff. Right, really great. I'm not sure I want to be on a desert island with nothing but that for the rest of my <laughs> life, though. That would be a bit intense. Which is cats? Yes, cats. You don't want to have "Be My Lover" on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't on my Spotify rounds. Yeah. <laughs> 
there was a lot of play in that this year. Like New Order, New, you know, Blue Monday, whatever. It was mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have one? Intense. Uh, what, like, the answer? A rapid fire? Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what would your genre be? I don't, I don't know. Is delight a, a genre? Because <laughs> I love them. But no, I guess not. I guess it would be like, um, that's coffee house covers. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a genre. So people who what just is do that? like it's like you know singer songwriter covers of songs. So oh. you know, oh, like acoustic that. versions. Of yes. So oh, I listen I to a lot that. of that. It's kind of unplugged. I yeah. Oh. Exactly. Oh, I didn't know that was. A and I especially though when they rearrange it to so it's like if it was a fast song, it's a slow song. Okay, I do like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. what about you? I think surprisingly, like music from the fifties. That is surprising. Is it? Yes, very much so. No, like, <laughs> like I'm talking about like, 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 uh, like Frank Sinatra, like that, like oh, rap so happy. Rap, yes. Like for some reason, like there's a, uh, I think Tony Bennett does a, uh, I left my heart in San Francisco and I don't know what it is, but it's like, so I'm from the Bay area and like that just is like nostalgia for some reason. I always, it's like, I am back in my grandma's like, house when she's like babysitting us and it's freezing cold and it's like foggy and then she was playing like you know frank sinatra and then mob hits like the cd that has like rosemary clooney who is i learned recently not italian no that's a like george, george clooney's, clooney's aunt yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, my whole life i thought rosemary clooney was italian when she sang mambo italiano and i was like oh yeah that's my people and then my mom was like no, no. She <laughs> she's like that's george clooney's aunt i was like george clooney's not italian <laughs> you know okay only, only took 32 years of my life um but that's that would be my genre so my rapid fire question for you is mm-hmm. what is a song that you haven't performed with the chorus yet that you really want to? Do a lip a levitating. <gasps> oh, okay. yes. Oh my God. Is there, is there like a bunch of hand movements to it too? I don't know if we need all that choreography. I mean, I, I can't do it. I have a because, hard time with but it. But you do have to do a lot of clapping. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, I mean, is that is that may a, or may not be a show coming up? That would be like cool as like a disco right. kind of feel. To what's it. lovely is it's kind of eighties. It's it's original. It's it's got that retro feel, but it's yes. also current. Right. Yes. Um, that's good. And then what's the Elton John Britney Spears one? Um, Hold me closer. Hold me closer. Yeah. Hold me closer. Tiny so, dancer. Yeah. So that's. Good. I don't have the right to that. So don't no. sue me. <laughs> I'm down um, for those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, those are the kinds of songs. I don't know what's yeah. going to eventually be on the list, but I'm looking at all of those and thinking, commissioning oh. arrangements in the next few weeks for, for the spring. You guys should do like a clapping, uh, like a clap chorus like show where it's like it's all songs where you have to clap so you have like <laughs> you might need a preface because it's like welcome to the clap show you're gonna come in here's some antibiotics for everyone <laughs> but like you know levitating hand clap by fits in the tantrums okay. you know there's a whole bunch of them you always just want to take over the artistic director's job let's do job <laughs> I make, okay, I like those songs. Because that means yeah. we'll, I'm in the course, so we'll be able to sing them. <laughs> so what's a song that you haven't done yet in the course that you think you would like to do? Oh, my God. Um, me. Yeah, exactly. Leave my heart in San Francisco. Let me think. <laughs> you go, and then I'll think. Oh, God, you're going to put this on me? I was waiting for you. <laughs> 
for me, I think it would be like what were those songs? I like I had like this whole list of like songs I think we should do. Uh, like I feel like there should be like a a yacht rock kind of uh, show where like you do a Hall John Oates, a little Air Supply, a little so Foreigner, like 80s, 80s rock kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, but it's just like that. Just, ah, I love that. Cause I, I, that'd be my I, music genre too. Why would a game into chorus do that though? That's an interesting. That's what I thought. But about. that's the thing, though. That's you got to throw them off. The, you you know, ask, why, the... ask why not? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> don't just don't just I mean, like three hundred gays singing "Living on a Prayer." <laughs> there I, are, you I mean, just, why not? You wouldn't be. You would be surprised. <laughs> Come on now. No, I'm serious. I've already. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, it's my job to thought of these things. I'm going to tell a, you right now. He is going to go home later. I already have a name for that show. See, it's, it's quite rude. Oh, so no. I don't think we could actually do it. It's rock hard. Yes, I even love that. Called would, would just like it would actually be very harmless eighties rock. See? But I think the title might get rock. us noticed. Sell <laughs> <laughs> tickets. I mean, it would. Yeah, it would have a guitar and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you could think that you would could mean. you could like <laughs> drip paint or something on it, so it like yes. looks like yeah, get right. out of gutter, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a graphic designer now too. <laughs> like, I'm gonna put a poster. What piece of furniture best describes you and why? It's <laughs> <laughs> really out of the blue. I was <laughs> like, what is a random thing that I could piece add? Of furniture. Um, Just do roll with it. <laughs> can I have an appliance? Can I have a Cuisinart? Oh yeah, like, you I can. want a really top-notch cake. Mixing machine. Yeah. It needs to be red. Cake mixing. There you know you know. Like a KitchenAid. <laughs> like, like a KitchenAid. That's what okay. they're called. Yes. Are you yes. a baker? I can be. Yeah. Okay. Are you a yeah. master baker? I was during COVID. <laughs> Did you have a sourdough starter? What? Sorry. Yes. I, yeah. oh, no. I like the rest of the world. Yes. <laughs> Do um, you still have a sourdough starter? Because we still have one that we started a year ago. <laughs> <It's been, laughs> No, it had black mold for a second. Two thousand five hundred miles. I so I didn't bring (laughs) sourdough starter. You didn't bring it with you. (laughs) It wasn't buckled up in a plastic bag. (laughs) It also looked really stinky thing in my hand, like (laughs) like an organ. Yeah, (laughs) on dry ice. There you go. So, what would you be? I think I would be um, like a nice dining room table. Oh, (laughs) because it's a staple, and it's where everyone gathers to eat. You, well, I mean, I don't eat at my dining room table. I eat on my couch. But in theory, it's where everyone gathers to eat. So it's like a centralized part where people can come together. and okay. It's there for a look, but no substance. Yeah. I mean, I think my dining room table serves as like just a, a, a holding place of like junk. Okay. <laughs> and a plant. <laughs> it got way deeper than I thought it would. <laughs> oh. I'm all about the symbolism. See, I think I would be a fainting couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm high end. There's really, really no need for me. But like of chaise long. Yes, exactly. Right. I'm like With I'm red there. Velvet, you oh might, my gosh! It's dramatic. Yes. <laughs> is that a thing? And is it really a, a thing? Couch? Yeah. Is it called like a fainting couch or a chaise lounge or you know that kind of thing? Hmm. I don't say it as fancy as Charlie How, does, but <laughs> he's European. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Charlie, for being on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Again, check out uh, San Diego Gaiman's Chorus. Um, My tickets Jingle for the show. Yep. This weekend at um, December Nights in go San and Diego. Nick on and, and Saquon on, on the Sunday. Yeah, and, go, and then Saquon on uh, 
Sunday? Mm-hmm. The, the 4th. The 4th? That's right. May the 4th be with you, but Just, that's different. If ever in doubt, there, it, from uh, December 1st until the 12th, there's like a show for us. <laughs> Just if ever in doubt, we're, we're singing. Oh my God, are you guys doing the tree lighting in Hillcrest? Yeah. We are. Oh, that's tomorrow. that's tomorrow. I was going to say the that first. That will be over by the time it's uh, yeah, no, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a thing in the past. Here, you can sing at my, uh, you can sing at our tree lighting. It starts at five o'clock so, every night. <laughs> so how is the tree lighting? <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you charlie we were really chuffed to have you here thank you so much for having me i feel hot oh and everybody have a great week special thanks to andrew smith and nick stone for producing the show if you like us, please follow us at TUGazePod on Instagram and visit us online at TUGazePod.com. You can find us anywhere you can stream podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and let us know topics you'd like to hear. And always remember, stay safe, stay classy, stay sassy, and always stay a little bit trashy. See you next week.